All right. Amen. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 this morning. Exodus chapter 3. Um, I am uh, actually really excited about uh, being able to um, conversate with you guys this afternoon about uh, Suriname, answering questions and stuff, and me telling you why Suriname is difficult to reach. And uh, in all honesty, that is probably the reason why there hasn't been any missionaries in 30 years, because it is a difficult field. Uh, anyway... Really looking forward to it. Um, I enjoy it. That's actually one of the, my favorite things about being on deputation, about being a missionary, is people asking me questions about the field. I, I haven't been stumped yet. So just want to throw that out there. I haven't been stumped, so there's the challenge. But then here is my the, 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 the clause of that. If I don't know the answer, my wife will. Okay? Um, so anyway... Uh, you know, one flesh, so it doesn't count if I don't know. It should, you know. Anyway, all right, so Exodus chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 9. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. The Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Oreb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, and unto a place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the uh, Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today, allowing us to be able to worship you, to be able to just uh, hear a message from you. Lord, pray um, that you would bless this message. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of my pride, my arrogance, my selfishness, and fill me with your spirit. Help me to speak only the things that you would have me to speak. And I pray that you fill this congregation with, uh, with your spirit, Lord, so that they'd be able to take away something that you would have them to to have out of this message. Please, Lord, bless this time. Visit with us. In Jesus' name, amen. We all have a purpose or a call that is given to us by God. Are we fulfilling those purposes or are we making excuses? Let's look at the responses that Moses, when God presented him with his purpose or call. 
Moses is considered the greatest leader in the Old Testament or of uh, all time, including not including the Lord Jesus. Just like everybody else, he had a beginning and a past. Just like him, it, it wasn't exactly a good past. Through chapters 3 and 4 of Exodus, we see God showing Moses a need, then presenting him with a call to fulfill that need. Moses rejects this call this purpose given to him by God several times. Those rejections is what takes up most of chapters 3 and 4. The first thing that God presents to Moses is a need. Let's look at verses 7 and 9. It says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Verse 9, Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Is there a need? Is there a need in our neighborhoods? Is there a need in our cities? Is there a need at church? Yes, there is a need. There are needs for nursing, uh, more uh, nursing home ministries, more soul winners, more faithful men and women to help out wherever is needed. There are more needs than what we have people for. There are more people who need the gospel and need help. Uh, over in Luke chapter 10 verse 2 says, Therefore said he unto them, this is the Lord Jesus, uh, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And John chapter 4 verse 35 says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. Jesus is saying that you cannot just say, I will serve when there is a need. Look around. There are needs all around us. The needs are ready to be met. The problem is not that there's not enough needs or work to go around, but that there's not enough laborers, not enough people willing to meet those needs. Serving people is not the preacher's job. It is not the pastor's job. It is a Christian's duty. The preacher or the pastor falls into that uh, category by default. Then let's look at verse 10 of chapter 3 here in Exodus. God then presents him... Moses with the call. It says here in verse 10, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God is not asking us to do miracles or to do great works. He is asking us to be obedient. Moses is not, was not great because of something he himself did. He was considered great because of the God he served. Let's look at verses uh, 7 and 8 um, of, of our text. It says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And then verse 8, we're just going to read just a, uh, um, about a sentence here. It says, And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. So I'm going to stress that again. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And that is God speaking. Moses did not deliver the people of uh, 
the children of Israel out of Egypt. God did. God told them, I am going to deliver them out of Egypt. All right, so God was the one that did the, the work. God was the one that did the miracles. Nowhere, do, and sometimes that we, I think that we just have a tendency to be like, man, Moses, he was just great. He was involved with it all. He did it. He was just a great man of God because of his godliness. God was able to use him. No, absolutely not. It was because he decided to be obedient. Any godliness that we have comes from God himself. and um, But it had nothing to do with his godliness. It had to do, no, when uh, Moses stretched forth the rod over the uh, Red Sea, Moses, by his power, did not split that Red Sea. God was the one that did the miracle. God delivered Israel. Time and time again, God was the one that did the miracles. So God called me to Suriname. That still small voice was speaking to me. The Lord convicted my heart about Suriname. He spoke to me through his word several times. And that is a very important thing because God uses his word. God will never go against his word either. And the conviction that I felt was nonstop. It was as what Jeremiah described over in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. It says, burning fire shut up in my bones. That is what the conviction felt like. God used many preachers in their preaching to confirm to me that Suriname was where the Lord wanted me. Knowing the will of God is easy. That is the easy thing. That is the easy part of life is knowing what the will of God is. The hard part is surrendering to the will of God. That is the hardest task that you will ever find. Like Moses, I too tried to find excuses to get out of the call that God placed upon my life. I did all that I could to talk myself out of it and reject his call, but God was and is very patient and long-suffering with me. And let's look at the excuses that Moses made, that Moses used. And we use this as people. We use these same five excuses to get out of the, what, the call that God has on our life, the purpose that God has for us. And you know, these purposes, these calls that God gives us, it is to just bring us and helps us have more joy. And what we could ever have, being in God's will, doing what God's the, the purpose that God ha- has for us will have will bring us more joy than anything else that we can ever come to, that we could ever encounter. Excuse number one is found in verse eleven of our text. It says, and so verse eleven, and Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? So Moses has already tried once and failed to deliver the Israelites. He tried to do it on his own, and uh, and and he failed. And he tried to do it his own way, and that was the problem. When Moses finally received a call from God to do that, he went straight to his qualifications. He is telling God here that I am not qualified to do what you're asking. Well, Moses really couldn't have been more right. He wasn't qualified to do the things that God is asking. We are not qualified either. We by ourselves are not qualified to do the work of God. There are two things that must take place in our lives to be qualified. And these things are things that we didn't even do. 
ourselves. The first thing is that we must be saved or born again. John chapter 3 verse 3 says, uh, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And John 3 6 says that... Uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. We must be born of the Spirit to do spiritual work. When we get saved, we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ placed upon us, and we get to do spiritual work through Christ's righteousness. We have the Holy Spirit of God living within us in the, at that moment of salvation. So we, man, that is exciting that, that when I'm serving Christ, when I'm serving God, God is looking down and He sees Christ righteousness. He's not seeing my righteousness because the Bible says that um, our righteousness is as filthy rags. All right, so that means this. The best possible thing that you could possibly ever do, you have contaminated it. And it is vile before God. And you're like, how is that even possible? Well, we happen to be very prideful creatures. All right? And no matter what good deed we do, we have a little bit of pride that rubbed off on that and has tainted that. So that's why our righteousness is as filthy rags. Why our righteousness really means nothing. But Christ's is pure. Christ, and when we are saved, we get that righteousness. We get to work through His righteousness. So it's not dependent upon my good deeds. It's dependent upon Christ's. And his is forever settled. It is just amazing. And if we place our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, because he uh, lived a sinless life, he died on a cross, shed his blood for us, was buried and raised again. And if we place our faith and trust in that, we are clean. Our sins will be have washed away and we will have that righteousness. And then because we have that, he lives within us forever. We will forever be with Christ. And um, as saved people, we get to boldly proclaim what Hebrews chapter 13 verses 5 and 6 says, where it says, For he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And in verse 12 that is what God responds to Moses with. Certainly, I will be with thee. Your second qualification is obedience. As simple as that. God is not looking for talent or great ability. God is not looking for saved people who are obedient to use. God will be all the qualifications you will need. God will be all the ability and talent you will ever need. Ezekiel 36 uh, verses uh, 27, uh, 26 and 27. A new heart also will I give unto you, and a new spirit. And I will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh, and will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. God is the one who has done all the work for us to even be able to serve him. God has done absolutely everything for us to allow us to be able to be used by him. But did that stop Moses? Now, Moses still had more excuses. Let's look at the second 
excuse of Moses, which is found in verse 13. It said, and the Bible says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I shall come unto the children of Israel, I shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say, What is thy name? And what shall I say unto them? So Moses is saying, I'm going to tell them that God has sent me, but they are going to say, who is this God that sent you? They have no knowledge of you, God. So Moses was allowing what others people's knowledge of God keep him from serving God. Look at what God's answer is. Verse 14, it says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent thee. God's response is, Tell them about me. And that's exactly what we as Christians do. We tell them about the I am that I am. Jesus Christ is that I am that I am. We will tell them about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But Moses, he was not done yet. He was not ready to throw in the towel. He still had more excuses. Let's look over at his third excuse is found over in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. His third excuse is... The Bible says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Moses is saying, I am not, they are not going to believe anything that I say. Did you know that God does divine appointments? He answers prayer. God will work in the hearts of the unbelievers. But at the end of the day, it is their choice to believe or not. He was letting what other people believe keep him from serving God. Uh, for, uh, first, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses uh, 6-9 through nine says, I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, but every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. So we do the work. We do what we're told to do. But God, he's going to be the one that gives the increase. Not, a, not ourselves. We do not do. God is the one that does the work. And we give them the message. We pray for them. We love them. But God does the rest. God does the miracles. But Moses, he still had two more excuses. Excuse number four. Let's look at verse 10 of chapter four of Exodus. It said, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither uh, heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Moses is saying, I'm not good at talking to people. This is probably the most used excuse of all time of why we don't serve God. I'm not good at talking to people. So he is allowing his abilities to keep him from serving God. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, there's been several uh, people over the years, the past 30 years, that have surrendered to uh, Suriname 
but they would get to Suriname, like, I think Lord is actually calling me over to Brazil, or, um, and the missionary was telling me about this, about how all these people, they're very talented, they had this ability, they had this, this person had great social networking uh, uh, abilities, this other one was a great preacher, this other one was very skilled in like doing things with motors and stuff like that. He was just talk, talking to me about all these people over these 30 years that have surrendered but never made it to Suriname, surrendered, got to Suriname and said, no, this isn't for me, all right? So he kept telling me about all these people, and every one of these people were great at something. I have not had the heart to tell the other missionary that's in Suriname that I have no abilities. I have nothing good about myself. So I'm like, but you're stuck with me. So um, I feel sorry for him. But, <laughs> but, you know, if God tells you to do something, he will give you the power and ability to do so. And that's what God tells Moses. Let's look at verses 11 and 12. It says, And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Who hath made the dumb, the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. I find it funny that Moses is like, God, I'm not good. I'm not good at talking to people. Like, this is a legitimate excuse to Moses. Moses must have added, like, a speech impediment or something. And he was like, I'm just not, I'm not good at talking. That he, so he actually used this excuse. Because for some strange reason, I think he was actually going to get out of it. Like, this excuse, he was going to get out of it. Because God was going to be like, oh, you're right, my bad. I meant the other Moses on the other side of the desert. My bad, wrong Moses. Like that was going to happen. It did not catch God off guard. God was very aware that he was not good at talking to people. Usually what you're not good at is what the Lord really wants you to do. You know why? Because who gets the glory then? Not you. God does. And uh, that, that's probably been one of the things that I have used to uh, encourage myself over the years. Now also, we think about it, you know, your abilities and talents that you have, who gave them to you to begin with? Anyway, one of the things that I used to encourage myself was anything that I do, people have to just look at me and be like, well, yeah, God had to do that. All right? I mean, that, that's what the only thing that I've been able to use to encourage myself because I'm really not that good at very many things. I'm really not. Are you ready? Here's, here is the extent of my ability list. I'm good at interior painting. That's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, excuse... Number five, this is, Mo Moses had just one more rejection, and this is it, verse number five, and verse 13. So excuse number five, verse 14. Might have said that wrong, backwards. 13, there we go. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of whom thou wilt send. Moses asked God to send someone else. I did this as well. I put Suriname on my prayer list. I prayed that God would send someone to Suriname. The more I prayed, the more God pressed it upon my heart. You know what's amazing is that us humans, we are very fickle creatures. We are really messed up people. You might not think so, but we are. And let me, let me explain to you. Me not wanting to go to Suriname is called rebellion. I was rebelling against God, which is as the sin of witchcraft, according to, the, according to the Bible. Okay? So what did I do? I took my sin, which is as the sin of witchcraft, 
and I covered it and wrapped it up in something spiritual and made it look pretty. I put it on my prayer list. I made it sound spiritual. Can you imagine anything else that would make God more sick? And, and I know I'm not, I can't be the only one that does that kind of stuff, that make our sin look good, to make our sin seem spiritual. But that's what I was doing. I was making my sin look spiritual. God ended up getting angry with Moses. I believe God got angry with me as well. Look at verse 14. Uh, it says, The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. He got angry with Moses. All right, And I remember the conviction that I was under. I asked the Lord to show me one more time that Suriname was his will. And you know what? It took me a year and a half to surrender to God's will. That's a bad testament on my part. That it took me a year and a half to surrender to the calling of going to Suriname. And every day, I would ask God, God, show me, show me that Suriname is your will. And you know what? He answered it every time I asked him to show me his will. And it was to go to Suriname. Every time I asked, every time I prayed, he would show me. A year and a half later, Lord, just show me one more time. You know, I'm still saying the same thing. You know, Lord, show me one more time. And in my Bible reading, this is what I got over in Isaiah chapter 5, verses 4 through 6. It says, What could I have done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. Now go, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge, there, the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up. And break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste, and it shall, be, it shall not be pruned nor digged. But there shall come up briars and thorns. And I will also command the clouds that they have no rain upon it. The first part, the first part of that was, What more could I have done to my vineyard that I have not done in it already? I felt like the Lord told me through these verses, What else can I do to show you? What else can I do to convince you? I have done everything. I'm done. That terrified me. Shortly, I uh, talked with uh, my wife, Danielle, and I. We committed, and then we made it public. Um, we are aware that there's going to be hardships, that there's going to be sacrifices that have to be made. But the peace and fulfillment that I now have is worth more than anything that can ever happen to me. I have wasted enough time fighting the will of God. I want to be surrendered. I want to be in the center of God's will. I don't want to slow the work of God down anymore. What that, and I keep thinking to myself, if I would have surrendered when God was convicting me, I could have already been on the mission field by now. And... Um, so don't let your qualifications keep you from serving God. God is all the qualifications you need. Don't let other people's knowledge of God keep you from serving God. Don't let what others believe keep you from serving God. Don't let your abilities keep you from serving God. And don't let God send someone else. God did not have to use Moses, but God wanted to. God does not have to use you but he wants to. 
We all know what the will of God is in our stage of life right now. We all do. Will you surrender to it? God's will is not a mysterious, mystical thing that God is trying to hide from you and he, you're trying to play uh, hide-and-go-seek hide with it. God, God has revealed it. God has his word. He, 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 his will is very plain, and he uses his word. Will you surrender to the will of God? But remember this. The best is just yet to come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for how you've blessed us. I pray that you would just help us, Lord, to honestly love you more. Help us, Lord, not to be so uh, so rebellious. Help us, Lord, to be willing to serve you, be obedient. Now, Lord, Lord, I pray that if there's any person here that's lost, that you would just work in their hearts and show them their need for a Savior. Please bless this time. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes for a moment, please, Miss Kathy's going to come. We're going to have an invitation here in just a moment. I'll ask you a couple questions.